Welcome to this podcast series, a new chapter of the creative process dedicated to celebrating and sharing poetry and short prose. My name is Yu Young Lee, and I'm joined by Mia Funk, the founder of the creative process, to talk more in depth about this project and our hopes and visions for it. And so before we dig in to talk about the podcast, would you like to describe as a founder of the creative process, what kind of organization it is? Yes, so many who are already involved are familiar. As you know, we've been collaborating for a while. The Creative Process is a traveling exhibition international educational initiative and podcast. During uh, coronavirus times, some of our exhibitions have been postponed, but we continue that through the podcasting process and various initiatives that we have with uh, universities. So we have the participation of over 70 uh, leading universities and schools and educational groups. And then we have some parallel projects uh, to do with the environment that we are now working towards the, for the UN Conference for climate change and a number of green groups. So uh, I wouldn't go into too much detail about it, all of our different projects, but I feel so fortunate to work with wonderful groups of passionate students, young poets, uh, you know, and then those more established in their careers, uh, you know, leading artists, writers, creative thinkers across the arts and sciences who have added their voice to the creative process, whose works appear in the traveling exhibition and in these in-depth interviews, which you have also uh, conducted with us and that we'll be doing more in the poetry um, short fiction podcast series. There are so many projects that the creative process is part of and there are so many voices. How would this branch fit into the whole picture? Well, I think we'll be sharing it uh, as part of our our main podcasts. It's uh, it's really ongoing because we have been interviewing um, short fiction writers uh, and poets from the beginning, but we hadn't had a chance to focus on them in as much depth as we would have liked. Those who have already participated or shortly be participating are Marge Piercy, um, flash fiction writer and filmmaker Edgar Carrot, Alice Fulton, Alice Notley, Amy Gerstler, Yusuf Komunoka, Daniel Kaleski, David Thomas Martinez. So that's been a part of the, the onboarding project, but I so like the opportunity to under your guidance to really celebrate the important work that poets and, and, and flash fiction writers do, particularly in these times where, you know, we're going through this pandemic and many of us reach for comfort or ways of understanding the world. And one of those ways, and it always has been, is poetry. Yes, I'm really excited to hear all the different perspectives that these poets and writers will share, especially in this unprecedented time, and each poet or writer will bring something new to each episode. Are we looking to do themed episodes, or will we have open submissions, allowing the themes to kind of emerge based on the pieces we receive? Well, I think that that's, you know, people are thinking about a lot of the same things and many of the things are eternal. So if you receive more submissions that are to do 
I think in these times with uh, isolation or family or, you know, these kind of broad themes, I, I think that we can do some themed uh, podcasts, but I don't like to limit to that. I always say people should submit their best work or more mm-hmm. representative work that's most meaningful to them. Literally, there's an infinite amount of themes and topics and ideas to write about. And for me personally, I find it really interesting how we gather around and explore very similar spaces. You know, um, the fact that we have different but similar ideas about themes you said, like isolation, uh, love, family. It seems like there are matters that universally call upon us to write about. I do agree with you there. I think an open call definitely brings about much more to talk about and a diverse, it makes for a diverse conversation. We're looking to include poetry, prose, and flash fiction. And I was curious, why are we deciding to include all three of these types of writing together? You know, the, the term isn't so important to me. There are, of course, you know, notable, a long tradition of narrative poetry, which maybe could be called flash fiction. It's just how it's arranged on the page, perhaps. Mm-hmm. So I just, I like to leave that open. I think that we wouldn't in this, just because of uh, space, work with, you said, short fiction. I mean, like, properly long short stories. I just don't think there's a space for it. And and also, you had asked about how this was a little bit different, because before, you know, we'd focus mainly on interviews. So this will, will include interviews with an episode fo- uh, focusing on a single poet, but then we'll also be just having um, episodes that are readings of poetry. Mm. Tell me about why poetry is the medium that speaks most to your imagination. I would say that I like poetry because it's very fragmentary in in its nature. And I like how raw and bare it can be, how space can be so purposeful in terms of how it looks on the page, but also just how, how it permeates our sense of hearing and the pauses that come with poetry. I like the things that are missing in poetry. Um, I think it makes it whole, which is kind of contradictory. And when I write poetry, I don't write it necessarily to please anyone. I like that it's very, they're very selfish. There's a distance that's there. And I admire that distance because I feel like when the poet's writing it, there is no distance for them. And it's just so close to them. Alice said, Notley said to me that uh, poetry is about now. We are poetry and poetry is about now and uh, say novels or some of these other sequential sequential fiction is about what happens next. Mm-hmm. And I, I had never seen it in that perspective. Yes, but that goes back to what's close to you. Like you hold it really you have to, ex- to experience a poem and I'm not sure because everyone experiences it differently but Oh yeah, for sure. I think when you experience poetry, you're not necessarily having to say it out loud, but you're reading it in a way as though it's your voice. It's mm-hmm. slightly different than certain other kinds of writing, which that may have that distance. So I, I think that's what she was talking about. And of course, as you speak about empty spaces, and you're also a ceramicist. I do make ceramics both by hand building and on the wheel. I love it so much. And I think that my experience writing poetry and my experience working with clay, they really go together because in in this medium of ceramics, you're always thinking about space as well and how you're shaping it and how you're working with a very difficult material, clay. I, 
I notice it's more fickle and it takes time to like understand the rhythm and how it wants to be shaped. But throwing on the wheel and working with clay, I, I don't think it's unlike when I'm working with words and my notebook. Although it's very difficult and a little frustrating at times, it's overall very healing. I know, I mean, you're in Korea now. Mm-hmm. Um, the pandemic has brought you back there. And of course, you were born in Korea. But I know that you've lived in, like myself, you've lived in different countries. So you left when you were two. Mm-hmm. So I wondered, one, you know, what what is that like experiencing Korea almost like the, for the first time? And is that why you've been drawn to, back to ceramics? Is that something about, it's a cultural thing as well? Yeah, I mean, because of the pandemic, I've, I've moved back to Korea to be with my family. And I'm, I'm finally here, <laughs> rooted, at least for the time being, um, when I've actually never lived in Korea, like the way I'm living in it right now. It's definitely interesting because I'm learning ceramics from a Korean teacher right now. And the direction of the wheel is actually opposite. Um, You throw clockwise rather than counterclockwise. And my teacher and I, we converse and talk about ceramics in Korean. And I think that's also interesting because I've never talked about ceramics in Korea. And a lot of things for me are new. Um, Just living in the city, I'm in Seoul right now. I've been able to experience a lot of different things. I've Definitely never spoken this much Korean. I've um, now fully able to appreciate Korean books as well, especially poetry. And it's almost very overwhelming to be able to encounter so much of a different, like the humanities and the arts in this Korean world when it is something that I'm so involved in, in my life living in Indonesia, in, in the UK, in Singapore, and now in the US. So it's very awakening and enlightening for me to be able to experience this Koreanness in all the creative ventures that I am part of. There must be many things that you're really rediscovering about your culture. And the thing about the direction of the spinning wheel, there must be other things that where you understood it a different way now. Mm-hmm. I think it's interesting to come back home and it's almost like a new place. You're a stranger in your own land. Uh, so to say that alongside interviews with poets and flash fiction writers, that you'll also be conducting some interviews with Korean artists and writers and those of, in the Korean diaspora. Mm-hmm. And you are also a very creative person as an artist, a painter. And I was wondering if you could share some insight into your creative process. Well, I grew up uh, around artists of uh, many disciplines, uh, and I also grew up on university. I was kind of, my preschool was on university campuses, so I think I've always been asking questions. And I I realized then, as I would guest lecture at uh, universities, that maybe some students didn't have this experience. They were interested in the arts, or they didn't maybe have access to some of these artists in the fields that they wanted to go into. And so I felt fortunate because I helped launch a a number of um, culture centers or or been working with uh, literary museums for over 20 years that I could act as a bridge and I could, you know, bring together these people that some I'm fortunate to know and I could, you know, involve students in this uh, so that they're starting off on their artistic path. I I like to be useful in that way and to see how they get inspired by these conversations and in turn how they inspire these 
you know, these notable artists who are maybe more advanced in their careers and it reminds them about, you know, how they got started and, you know, what's it all about? Sometimes you get so, you're doing something so long and you kind of forget what was the initial impetus. We're lucky that the project has grown uh, as it has. And, and I, because I'm a little bit obsessive about learning and I like the chance to now have conversations with astrophysicists. Or as you know, the first interview that you anchored for us was with the president of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, mm-hmm. uh, casting director and producer, which we love that you added your own poem into that as a creator interlude. So people will just really have to discover if they don't already know uh, a little bit about the projects. But that's for me why I do it because we can, as I say, when you are doing something a long time, sometimes you just keep on going, you get excited by the projects and it's about creating, for me as a painter and also a writer, my first love is language, you forget sort of why you're doing it. You like you make a pretty picture, but I feel like it has to connect back to society and uh, it has to contribute in, in another way. So I, I really, I, it just gives me inspiration and I like to share that then with the students. So it uh, helps me to do artworks and I can relate it to their stories. So it, I can add in a way their visual language to mine. Uh, so it doesn't just, the art doesn't keep on repeating the same pattern. I really admire the story behind how the creative process started and it's so active there's so many podcasts and so many projects that really there's so much to consume and so much to learn about I think that with every podcast or something you can always get something from podcasts that will change your perspective or change your thinking or inspire you to do something and I really hope that for this project It can be the impetus for someone to get creative or really think about how their creative process is. Yes, I think that uh, another uh, branch of curating for this, which we've been inviting creative responses already to the interviews, is that we can suggest submissions that are linked or we may discover links to some of the interviews or the the disciplines. Because as you know, you've been involved with interviews with now uh, to do with uh, you know, writers, translators, those involved in cinema, cinematography, so that that becomes another theme that we link them then to the interviews. Uh, and I'm very open to that because you receive things that are, that you might not, you might not see the link immediately, but it's, they feel it's somehow in dialogue and that, that always opens my eyes in a new way. To be included in special podcasts, celebrating poetry and flash fiction, you can submit a reading of your work at www.creativeprocess.info forward slash poetry prose and we'll get in touch about the possibility of taking part in an interview for the creative process.